Final Buster Sounds. We're here to wrap it up. Why not? Here's Steph Curry! It's time for Warriors Wrap Up on 957. Warriors Wrap Up is presented by Realtor.com, the home for home search. John Dickinson and Matt Kolsky. And you at 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Warriors wrap-up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. The Warriors lose tonight in overtime in Minneapolis to the Timberwolves. 125-119 to is the final, so the Warriors start this season 2-7. and seven. The story of this game tonight, Matt Kolsky, a huge night for D'Angelo Russell, 52 points. Nine boards, five assists, but the Warriors lose a lead in the final minute. It goes to overtime, and talent prevailed uh, as the Timberwolves win this thing. And I think it's a simple question when you look at how great D'Angelo Russell was, but how this game turned out. The question tonight, I think, if you're a Warriors fan, is the template from tonight good enough? Is this acceptable? How do you feel right now? Are you happy? I think you should be. You should be. It's a weird place to be after five years of, or at least three years of championship or bust. It's weird to be in a position where you should be thrilled about a 125-119 overtime loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And you got from championship or bust to this place as fast as you ever could have imagined. Well, yeah, right. Mark Cuban, right, among the many that say the worst place you can be is in the NBA middle. Yeah. And the Warriors have they gone it. from the top, and they're skipping the middle That's in right. all likelihood this year. And now they're they're right back due to injury near the bottom. But, but here's it, what I'm thinking. Go ahead. Stay with me here. Because I heard, was it, I'm trying to think what podcast I was listening to, where someone was talking about, Look, the Clippers have done this right. It may have been Steve Kerr on the Bill Simmons Book of Basketball podcast. What the Clippers did is they built a a collective of pretty good uh, guys who had a couple skills here or there, no stars, but a bunch of dudes who could do things that help you on the court. Yeah, a nice seven, eight-man group. Right. That could win 45 games on their own. Exactly. Now, I'm not saying that's what the Warriors have, but I'm getting to something here. Exactly. Yes, they could win 40 to 45 games on their own with that team. Although, I would suggest last year's Clippers probably wouldn't win as many in this year's Western Conference. That that being said, then they took a core of dudes who played hard and well together, and they dropped two superstars right into the middle of it. Look, the Warriors that we're looking at right now are not as good a team as last year's Clippers, clearly. Even with Draymond Green back, I'm not sure they're as good a team as last year's Clippers, but they're certainly closer at that point. And next year, they're going to drop two superstars into this in Clay and Steph. So a team that competes hard and hangs in there against, let's call the Timberwolves a fringe playoff team in the Western Conference, that's a team that two superstars later I think is a contender. So to me, if if the team on the floor tonight, plus Draymond, if that group shows you we're tough, we can compete, 
We got a few guys that can do a few things who are probably playing more minutes than they ideally would. You're in really good position heading into next year, which, frankly, that's what matters. This year is about establishing players, getting in some development, and setting yourself up for next year when you're healthy. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Warriors lose in OT to the Timberwolves, 125-119 to on a night where D'Angelo Russell goes for 52 points. He did take 37 shots. He knocked down 12 twos, 7 of 17 from three-point range, also 7 of 8 from the free-throw line. I, I guess my angle on it is, are you okay with are, – are, are you – do you, if you're a Warriors fan, do you want to see the Warriors execute and win down the stretch? Or would you rather just see D'Angelo Russell put on a show, this team show that they really aren't ready with this current group to execute down the stretch to win a game, even against a fringe playoff team in the Western Conference? Or are you looking at it like this was the perfect loss because you were entertained and... It helps your lottery chances. I mean, that that really is what it boils down to because I think there are there, there are different sets of fans, that, you know, some that believe win at all costs, want to see my team win on a night in night out basis, and then there's another set that are thinking I enjoyed watching the game. This year isn't going to be what I want it to be, no matter what. So allow what happened tonight to turn into something positive for the next season. It's a little bit early and tricky to be thinking that way, but I think a lot of Warriors fans out there are thinking that way. I I don't want to be mean or rude, but Warrior fans should be thinking that way. That's that's what they should be thinking. Because if... if there's, There's a name for someone who looks at this Warriors team and says, I want as many wins as possible, and every night they don't win is a disappointment, and the name is short sighted. That's it's just not good. Like, and see, the trick of fans like that is you want to say, oh, it's infuriating. that I can't believe they're going to be bad. I can't believe they're not going to win. Oh, it's another loss. How awful. And then you're also going to complain if you don't get more talent on the team for next year. But you don't, you can't have it both ways. If you want a high draft pick, higher, that means more losses. I mean, it's just... It's a, it's a binary thing. There's no you don't get to win extra and also get a higher draft pick. It's not how it works. And there just is not any real value in 35 wins instead of 25 for this franchise. Now, you might argue that if this was an up and coming young franchise that had never been to the playoffs before and wanted to get some wins out of their belts. That's not what this is. This is a franchise on hold because its two biggest stars are not playing. And as long as you're on hold, those wins, they basically don't count. So if you want wins that don't count, uh, okay. But it doesn't help anyone in the long run. It really doesn't. Unbelievable performance from D'Angelo Russell. We also saw the Warriors lose a four-point lead in the final 25 seconds. Uh, And not, not... through unbelievable play by Minnesota, much more through some bumbling on on the part of the Warriors. Yeah, in, including uh, 
the jump ball uh, as the Warriors struggled to inbound the ball, yeah. finally inbounded it. Probably should have taken a timeout considering the fact that they had two of them yeah. at that point in time. The press break was not great. Winds up being a jump ball that the Timberwolves win, and Andrew Wiggins then drives right in for a layup against Glenn Robinson the third to tie that game. Yeah. Uh, D'Angelo Russell... Cast off three. Look, he was feeling it. It was an incredible night for Russell, career-high night for Russell. Uh, he was a big reason the Warriors were in the position they were in. And not a terrible shot on uh, the final possession. Typically in the final possession, you do just – I mean, that's that's what most teams do on a final possession with the game tied. But he, he got a pump fake off, and he got a good look. I mean, it, it was a makeable three that he took. Better than some of the ones he made, to be totally honest. And D'Angelo Russell was great tonight, as a 408 texter says – Cool, he just increased his trade value, and that, that's something to keep an eye on. And whether it's trade value or value to the Warriors, the better he plays, the better. So that's good. I also think, look, we talked before the game, how does his defensive effort look? And I thought, good. I think he's still a pretty mediocre defender. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you he was a stopper out there, but he was moving. He was up on his toes on defense. He looked engaged on defense, and, and that's progress. 888-957-9570, Take your calls and reactions to this one as the Warriors are 2-7, and seven. and now this is where the NBA can be very cruel, Matt Kolsky. It's the fact that the Warriors now have to go from Minneapolis all the way down to Oklahoma City to play on the second night of a back-to-back. With and, an earlier tip time, and I this think, right? is a game, same, same, tip time. same tip time, same time zone. But that's a long way to go. Yeah, it is. From Minneapolis to Oklahoma City. And the Warriors, obviously, the last few years have had to go from San Antonio to Minneapolis. They actually will do that again, although not on a back-to-back, right uh, in between the calendar turning to 2019 to 2020 when they play in San Antonio New Year's Eve and then their next meeting against the Timberwolves is on January the 2nd. Uh, so for whatever reason, the NBA likes to send the Warriors north and south. Uh, that not a back-to-back. This will be a back-to-back. And, and now you find yourself at 2-7, and seven, coming off a tough loss. And tomorrow's game now is a lot harder because of the effort that you had to expend and the energy you that, that takes a toll from tonight's game. Yeah, it's going to be a tough game tomorrow. It's going to be a tough game pretty much every night for this Warriors team. And that's what people need to get used to. I'm interested in your perspective on this. Uh, uh, Matthew from Danville texting us. Our young guys are not going to get better standing and watching Russell chuck up shots all night. Uh, I prefer watching the young guys move the ball and play hard and figure it out with each other than everyone watching Russell shoot. Is that what you thought tonight was? I didn't. I I thought... And look, one of the big questions coming into the game was, all right, Russell's back. It hasn't looked great with Russell up until this point. How's it going to look tonight? Because the rest of this group has figured out a way that they needed to play together to remain competitive. I actually thought it was the best of both worlds tonight. I totally agree. The way Matthew described it is not how I saw it at all. Now, I didn't see guys standing around until, until the, the fo- end of the fourth well, quarter. And that's, but until the fourth quarter. Yeah. And I thought even the shots that he made in the fourth quarter, it was, here's our guy, isolation, go. It was, but the, keep the, in mind, that's thing- a guy who, when that quarter started, was 11 for 21 for 31 points. Yeah, like, and, they fed him for a reason. And mind you, Eric Paschal was in foul trouble yeah, and, and eventually fouled, fouled out. out of the game. Yeah, But I also... 
this is the part that doesn't quite roll with. I, I just don't quite understand. And you see a lot of that. Well, you let the young guys do this or that. <laughs> well, who are we talking about? That's right. Who are we talking about in that particular instance? Because the if reality the Poole? reality is you're not teaching Kai Bowman no. how to finish games in the fourth quarter. Nope. You're not teaching Glenn Robinson the third, who's a veteran. No, I mean let's be you know, you're let's, not let's te- just it, look it, at the it's straight, two guys. Right? It's, it's two, two guys. Right now it's two. Maybe best case scenario, you bring back Jacob Evans and Alan Smiley Gage, yeah. and it's four. But those right. But that's it. It's two guys, and one of them has played well enough in the early going to where, I mean, you're not, at this point, you're not worried about Eric Pascal. No. And, and why would you be drawing up plays for Jordan Poole when he's three for 10 and one of six from three? And, and he's shooting and, 25% on the season, and, right. and God, God love him. I hope he keeps shooting. But when he's breaking everything, I, I think 10 shots is enough for Jordan Poole. And I, yeah, I just don't. So that's the balance of yeah, that's what you got to get used to. That's the balance of okay, the best way for this team to compete and win is D'Angelo Russell doing what D'Angelo Russell does and he's going to have nights like tonight where it's clicking for him and the Warriors are going to be in the game because of it, but if they're unable to finish the game as a fan, you're also left with well that wasn't really pretty and the and what did the young the, were the young guys even really a part of it? I mean, the results almost changed the narrative from the entire night. And I don't think that's necessarily fair. No, and I I think it might be best for people to try to get away from the nightly narrative. Because again, the Warriors are just in a position right now where one night doesn't mean a whole lot to them. Other than that night being a part of a series of nights where guys are progressing. And again, even when we're talking about progressing, it's really two guys. Maybe you throw D'Angelo Russell in there as well, just in terms of you want to see him play as well as possible so his value is as high as possible. But I... <laughs> and, by, and by the way, to your point, you want Damian Lee to shoot more? One of eight? Marquise Chris played nice in his 13 minutes, but it's not like you're running plays for him. You're not going to run plays for Alec Burks. Like there just isn't anybody the, here. The, the cold hard truth is you can you can run through the ten players that the Warriors have available to them right now, and and you can you can pretty much and you may disagree a little bit on a player here, a player there, and that's fine. But I mean, Glenn Robinson at this point is energy and defense. I mean, and and he is a eleven to fifteenth man yeah. on the team that the Warriors want to be next year. That's right. Okay, uh, Willie Cauley Stein. Might be a starting center. It's hard to really see. He hasn't played well, by the way, really at all, except for a few minutes of the Portland game. But that's fine. It's early. He's working his way back into form. I'm not even going to be too critical of, of Willie Cauley-Stein at this point. What What is he? Yeah, he's somebody that I think you'd like to see play with the most talented possible version the Warriors can put out there. So I think he's almost in his own category. We talked about Poole and Pascal being young guys that are trying to see where they fit for the future. But Amari Spellman, we're talking another 11 to 15 guy on the roster at best. Damian Lee's the same. Kai Bowman's the same. Alec Burks could maybe be a rotation player in the future. But, but not you, here. But you're probably going to trade him at the deadline. I think... At, boy. Chris, journeyman. I mean, like they're, they're not carving out... No room for Marquise Chris no. next year. With Chris and Spellman, this it's a it's a dice roll, and maybe you get a tenth guy out of it, right? With Lee and Bowman, they're two way players. For God's sake, you're, you're already running out of days. You're allowed to use these guys at this point. Burks, though, I was gonna. This is 
You know what, Nash? I just remembered the thing. Remember in the third quarter when I was like, I was going to have you look something up. When can they trade Alec Burks? Because if I'm a contender, I want Alec Burks. I believe it's December 15th. So if I'm the Warriors, I mean, I'm on the phone now. We got Alec Burks because, first of all, Alec Burks clearly has value for a contender as a bench scorer, as a garbage man. The guy has value. Second of all, the the, the Warriors need those $2 million they're paying him because they're going to need to sign extra players. They just they don't have enough guys to get through an 82-game season if, if they have anything like the level of injury they've had to this point. So they're going to need to find a way to get some extra money under the hard cap, and I think moving Alec Burks as soon as possible is going to be the easiest way to do that. 888-957-9570, Warriors wrap-up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. It's John Dickinson and Matt Kolsky. Warriors fall in OT to the T-Wolves. 125-119 is the final, a 52-point night for D'Angelo Russell as uh, he sets a new career high. The Warriors now 2-7. and seven. They'll be in Oklahoma City tomorrow in a game you can hear right here on 95-7, the game. Yeah, Alec Burks is not going to be a Golden State Warrior at the end of this season. That just And, and you know, what what are you going to get for him? Probably a second-round pick. Yeah. And, and you know, you, I think – and you can see – as you start to look at just the players the Warriors have available, you can see where they don't have to be in a hurry to deal him at this point. I mean, with D'Angelo Russell coming back, uh, look, the Warriors are still extremely thin, but you can start to see some semblance of a two-deep chart now. You know, you've got well, Russell and Bowman. As long you, as Damian you, Lee and Kai yeah, Bowman are available. You've got but... Poole and Burks. You know, you've got Glenn Robinson, uh, you know, you don't really have and Damian Lee. Yeah, I mean, Damian this is Lee. the problem. Damian Lee and Kai Bowman are going to run out of days. 45 days is going to sneak up on you really fast with those two. If you don't find some money to convert them or find someone else to sign on a, on, on a shorter contract or something. I, because think about what you just said right now, they literally have 10 guys going too deep and that, that should it'll get better with Looney and Evans and hopefully Smilagic coming back and, and Draymond in the relatively near future. But if you take Damian Lee and Kai Bowman away right now as two-way guys, you're back down to eight, which is literally the minimum you can yeah. play an NBA I mean, game with. It, that, it's just not tenable to play with this few guys. Marquise Chris is the first guy that, that you can move on from with his non-guaranteed contract. Yeah, uh, you can cut until... him, but that doesn't give you much opportunity to add. Because you're still going to be right up against the hard cap. True. Although his, I mean, his money, and he was essentially on the Alfonso McKinney. I mean, him and Alfonso McKinney were basically. Yeah, it's like half a mil, I want to say. Yeah, making essentially the same amount. Although every dollar does count. You're right. Every penny at this point counts. And and we're talking about a few thousand dollars here or there to add someone like a 10-day player later in the season. Yeah, I I think it's going to come down to you're just going to have to play it out and try and maximize as many days as you possibly can with those two on the roster yep. for now. They're going to have to do some things and where then, they send them down and a day. And then add it up. I mean, 45 days, just 45 days, days, if you just look at it on a calendar, I mean, it, that's right around December 23rd, 24th. Right. Now, they get some leeway. Travel days don't right. totally count. So you're right practice, around New Year's, but... which is close enough yeah. to that date where you have to guarantee contracts, which I believe is January 9th or 10th. Yep. You have to guarantee contracts for the remainder so of the season. So that would be Chris. If they wanted to get rid of him, it would have to be before then. 
Yeah. And there's a you, lot of moving parts, not because there's anything super important at the end of the roster, but because they're up against this hard cap and they're low on bodies. It's really a bad situation. It is. And look, the Warriors are in a in a spot where, again, I think it's manageable. I, yeah. I, I think that's manageable. I, I I wouldn't get too caught up or too concerned with it now because the majority of the players are expendable. That's like, why like, like, it's you know, not worth getting too concerned yeah. about. I mean, I totally agree. It's not that you're too concerned. I'm just putting it out there. These are things that are going to have to happen. Now, I don't think it should upset anyone. Whatever happens with Alec Burks this year, like Warrior fans shouldn't be too upset or excited either direction. Whatever ends up happening with Marquise Chris, same thing. Worley Cauley-Stein, whatever. But these are all the little things that Bob Myers is going to have to be thinking about constantly just to keep a playable team on the floor. And that, I mean, that tells you how much sort of, I don't know about disaster, but it tells you how much stuff, how many unfortunate turns have affected this team that they're in a position where... They're so short on bodies and so up against the hard cap that, like, almost anything seems conceivable with the roster. Chilton Auto Body text line 408, so trading Russell won't free cap. Well, trading Russell, you wouldn't necessarily want to free cap. You want to bring Talent. back players. Right. And it it would only, f- I mean, it can only free up so much. Ca- let's, hmm. we should go back to really... It's pretty simple, but there is no cap. Like the Warriors, there's the hard cap this yeah, year. And, and it's not like but, you can trade D'Angelo Russell. And, 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 I, and I think some Warrior fans live in the fantasy world of, well, you, you can, can trade D'Angelo Russell, and that means we can sign Giannis. Right, no. That, there's, that, there's, get that out. That, that's not reality. There's basically nothing the Warriors franchise can do to free up the sort of cap space you need to go sign a major free agent. In free agency, any plan they might have of adding another star involves a trade, not a free agent signing. So the issue with cap is really just to give yourself a couple million dollars to work underneath the hard cap for this season. Trading Russell would you would only do that if you thought you'd be getting value back, not not space. John Dickinson, Matt Kolsky, Warriors wrap-up here on 95-7. The game, uh, the Warriors had a chance to win this one tonight. Uh, a, an 8-2 run for Minnesota in the final minute of regulation allowed the game to be tied. The Warriors uh, with uh, turnover issues in the fourth quarter, offensive foul issues in the second half. And, and the one thing that changed uh, as D'Angelo Russell got cooking in the second half a lot of it was jump shot heavy. So the Warriors, who at one point in the game, uh, I mean, they were getting to the line a ton. Uh, and at one point in the ball game, the Warriors had made 22 straight free throws. Uh, and But they shot a good portion of those. I want to say 18 of them in the first half uh, of the ball game tonight. So the Warriors wind up uh, not shooting uh, a ton of free throws. 20 for 20, the Warriors were. Uh, at halftime uh, so they were getting to the free throw line a lot and you look at the end of the night and the Warriors wind up 23 for 24 so just four free throw attempts uh, in the second half now look a lot of that was D'Angelo Russell got cooking and he was doing it from the outside but the Warriors were able to to hang in the game 
in large part in the first half because they were getting to the line. Yeah, and that's been one of the positives, I would say, about D'Angelo Russell that I wasn't necessarily expecting is he has been getting to the free throw line when he's been on the floor this year. It's not something he's traditionally been particularly good at, but it's a way to for him to be a more efficient scorer. So uh, I think that's another thing to be encouraged about with D'Lo. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. That is the phone number to react to this one as the Warriors fall to 2-7. and seven. Timberwolves beat him tonight in Minneapolis, 125-119. You heard it on 95.7 The Game. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson and Matt Kolsky here at 95.7 The Game. Warriors lose to the Timberwolves, 125-119. The final in overtime. Warriors now 2-7 and seven as they will be in the air tonight, headed to Oklahoma City for the second time in under two weeks to take on the Thunder. Uh, the Thunder, of course, thumping the Warriors, uh, going back to, what was that, game number two of the season was in uh, Oklahoma City. 888-957-9570, asking the question of you, just what do you think of tonight? Is tonight, do you view tonight as a positive? Uh, a competitive loss in a game where D'Angelo Russell goes for a career high, but there are some miscues down the stretch that uh, prevent this team ultimately from getting it done. And, uh, Matt, I know you've said uh, at a couple of different points you know, during the show, whether you like it or not, you should probably get used to it a little bit if you're a yeah. Warriors fan. Yes. Yeah. You have to. Or you're going to drive yourself insane. If you require the Warriors to win to feel good about a Warrior game, this is going to be an awful year for you. It just is. And you saw why tonight. I mean, it's not that complicated, to be honest with you. They are significantly outclassed in talent by Minnesota. Minnesota is not one of the best teams in the league. The Warriors' talent level as it stands right now with D'Angelo Russell without Steph, Clay, or Draymond is bottom five. So if, you're, if your position is anytime they don't win, it's a failure, get ready to be swallowed by failure. Like, that's, that's just reality. And I, I honestly believe diehard Warrior fans get it. I believe that because if you're a real diehard warrior fan, you've seen worse than this with no promise of a better future. And right now there is a promise of a better future. And frankly, that future gets potentially brighter with every loss. We've got your call of the game coming up. We're also going to hear from D'Angelo Russell uh, and Alec Burks following this ball game as the Warriors lose in overtime. The other question is, where does tonight leave you on D'Angelo Russell? Because this was clearly his best game as a Warrior. It was a career-high scoring night for D'Angelo Russell. But does a game like tonight make you think, you got to keep this guy. You want to? He's an extreme talent in terms of scoring the basketball. Want to see how he fits. Want to maybe try and build around him. Or do you see a night like tonight and you think, Boy, it's a lot of isolation. It's a lot of him and everybody else. This doesn't necessarily fit with what we've 
grown to know and love about this Warriors team, but at least he kept his trade value high. And that's something that the Warriors should be exploring. I think it's twofold, and it also plays tonight, Matt, with Minnesota because, look, D'Angelo Russell was going to be a Minnesota Timberwolf if he wasn't a Golden State Warrior. He's on record as you know him and Carl Anthony Towns, they want to play together at some point down the line. So him doing that against them is something that you just kind of file away. Let me read you a text that might not seem like it has anything to do with this topic, but I think it's directly related. A 408 texter 17 minutes ago texted to us, Stein used to play like Shaq against the Warriors. What (laughs) happened? Well, I told Warrior fans to... Throw those games out. Well, but this is the thing. GMs are vulnerable to that stuff, too. Don't kid yourself. Point. You know who else killed the Warriors every time they saw him? Alec Burks. Teams pretty regularly sign guys who beat their butts every time. Even when sometimes the, the overall statistics and performance of those guys don't support the level of butt whooping that they lay on the particular team. Like Minnesota's going to remember this night, their front office. Everybody is going to remember D'Angelo Russell coming into target center and dropping half a hundred. And if that, I don't know if that makes them slightly more motivated to acquire D'Angelo Russell in the future, that plays in the Warriors favor. I think let's go to Jimmy and Walnut Creek. Jimmy, you're on 95, seven, the game. What's up, Jimmy? Great, great topic, right up my alley. Um, D'Angelo Russell is not a Steve Kerr kind of guy. He's not part of the, the system that he runs. It's too much ISO. And I'd say leave him in Minnesota. Let's take a shot with Wiggins. I think he has an upside still. With he's still young, you get him under the, you know, toolage of some of the guys on the team, and he could buy into it. And and and, and he'll play team basketball. Also. If we do trade D'Angelo Russell, can we throw in just for freebie? We could give him college sign. He is not the answer as a big man for the Warriors. I'll take my answer off. No, no, don't get off the air yet, Jimmy, because I have a question for you. You still there? I'm still here. Okay, Jimmy. So here's what I want to know. And you may not uh, know this, but D'Angelo Russell and Andrew Wiggins have the same birthday. Um, D'Angelo Russell is one year younger. But you think Wiggins... Has a brighter future? Is that what you're saying? I think Wiggins is totally underachieved in his pro career versus his college career. But he's been in the league for a couple years longer than D'Angelo Russell, and yet you're convinced D'Angelo Russell won't develop, but Wiggins will? Well, well D'Angelo Russell's just not a Steve Kerr kind of guy. He can't. He doesn't play any D. He can't play with with uh, alongside Curry. I'm thinking the next year. This year's a wash. Okay. No, I mean, I think that's a fair point. And, and I think that's the question about D'Lo. And unfortunately, I am I see what Jimmy's saying, but I'm not sure that a performance like tonight or his performance in general with Steph not around really tells you anything about whether or not he'll be able to play next to Steph. I wonder, and this is a thought that I've had since the Warriors added D'Angelo Russell. I wonder what their internal evaluation of Andrew Wiggins is because there's a lot of different takes on Wiggins that, you know, some say he's underachieved. Some say he could get better. You know, his defense, I think, when he came into the league was pretty good, and then it, it went from good to bad. Effort has been questioned. 
Uh, shot selection has been questioned, but but you just you look at his body, a six eight guy, long guy, uh, only twenty four, and going to be twenty five in February. But he's the kind of player that I wonder if the Warriors would view him as a fit with the other three, meaning Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green down the line. If they say, "Hey, this kid is talented." We can you know, use him as a three and a four. He can defend. We're, we're not just going to give him the ball and, and isolate him out at the top and say, go get him. I see. Again, I see what you're saying. I see what Jimmy's point was. I, I guess I would just say, if your problem with D'Angelo Russell is, man, all his offense comes from isolation and he doesn't try hard enough on defense, you're going to have the same problems unless Andrew Wiggins becomes a totally different player because way too much ISO on offense and doesn't try hard enough on defense also describes him. He's just taller and a year older. Yeah. And, and, and just, there's just more of a positional certainty. There's more the of a positional that, fit next that, to the that, Warriors. That was my only thought. My, I that, think you're right. My extension of that statement is not to say that Russell isn't the better player or will have the better career or yeah. anything like that. It's, it's purely a fit. Because if the Warriors are going to entertain trading D'Angelo Russell at some point, I've long been of the belief, I say long been of the belief, we're talking about the last four months, I've been of the belief that they are not necessarily going to acquire a star coming back or the, the caliber of player coming back that maybe Warriors fans think. Like, don't don't think D'Angelo Russell's going to get you Giannis. Think D'Angelo Russell's going to get you an Andrew Wiggins type or a Covington and somebody else type. Think along those lines, not pie in the you know pie in the sky superstar type. Agreed. And I think I'd rather have Covington than Wiggins. I recognize Wiggins is a better player, but I, I again the same problems you have with D'Angelo Russell, you're going to have with Andrew Wiggins unless he suddenly becomes a much better defender. But I don't know why. You'd, you'd think he is more likely to start trying on defense than Russell is. Now, again, tonight, he's not going to be a good defender, but I thought he was present on defense, yeah. which is an and, improvement and, and at yeah. least acceptable, right? It's just if Wiggins, if you can get, if you can get, if Wiggins Angela, plays hard, he's going to be a good defender. I get it, it. Yeah. And, and a defender at a position of need. need. No doubt. Like the, the Warriors have enough guard, you know, the guards have that the struggle. Worst small forward position in basketball. So that, that's yeah, all I'm saying. It's, I get it. Cause the eye has to be toward, and look, I'm not saying you trade D'Angelo Russell necessarily, but if you do, the eye is toward who fits with Curry, Clay, and Draymond. And Wiggins is a, an asset that's somewhat distressed in Minnesota. They're yeah. disappointed with him. Wiggins He's got and the Covington right. both do. Yep, and Wiggins has the right uh, salary to make the trade work. So yeah, it, it all makes sense. I'm just saying, don't get... I, <laughs> people have a habit of assuming one player will do things that another player won't and I'm just not sure with these two guys that it's very reasonable to assume that either will suddenly become a much better defender or more efficient offensive player I think that's a fair point 888-957-9570 call the game coming up uh, and we'll also hear from the locker room in Minneapolis Warriors lose tonight to the T-Wolves 125-119 and you heard it right here on 95.7 the game Warriors wrap-up continues on 95.7 The Game.
John Dickinson and Matt Kolsky rolling along here. 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. Call of the game coming up momentarily. But first, let's get to Nick in Los Altos. Nick, you were on Warriors Wrap-Up. What's up, Nick? Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up, man? Hey. So I, so I, I think we should be a little bit careful here about what we as Warriors fans are kind of thinking about. So, I mean, it wasn't too long ago where Steph dropped 54 at the Garden, right? And the reaction, I think, for what what Warriors fans were doing after that game versus this game could be further apart. And I really think if you isolate the performances, they're not that different. I think we should – I mean, D'Lo is a young – he's a stud guard. Hold on, Nick. I'm going to let you finish, but just because I, I, you, I think this is the point you're making, but you didn't actually say it. The Warriors lost that game where Steph scored they 54. They did, although they were already a good team at that point. Fair enough, but they lost that basketball they game. They did. So go ahead, Nick. Yeah, so they, they lost that basketball game. I think the point I'm just trying to make is if you're trying to, trying to optimize and win next year, I think there are better pieces that you could swap D'Angelo out for to fill in around Steph and Draymond and Clay. But I think if you're thinking a little bit – longer term it, it might be a little bit hasty to trade this guy i mean steph he continues to miss games um i think if he's not on the decline of his career i think it's fair to say he's on the back nine i think you need some star point guard that can carry this franchise forward in the future and i think that you know you might be able to pick up a few nice wing pieces for next year theoretically if everything falls into place but i think i, I mean I, th- I think that might be a little bit optimistic uh, well, I think the problem Thanks, with that, Nick, and it's a good call, but I think the problem with that is as far as the next, what, three years go? Like, if you believe that the title window for Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green is likely to last about another three years or so. Yeah, if I, I would count this year as the third year, unfortunately. Like, like I think they have two years beyond okay, this Okay, sure. Even, yeah. the, the, then it's even more the case. You need to maximize what fits next to them for those two years yeah. and not hold on to a guy at a max contract who's really setting you up for the years after that. Yeah. Now, if you think the title window's closed and Steph Curry doesn't have a chance to lead another team to, to a title, if you think that's out the window, then by all means, transition. But then I think you're talking about trying to move Steph and Clay. Right. And I don't think anyone wants to do that. I don't think anyone wants to do that. I think I think you want to see what you have this year. You want to see how many pieces fit this year. You want to use what's been handed to you to the the best of your ability. Now, here's the thing. Let me throw a totally wild sort of best-case scenario at you. Let's say D'Angelo Russell continues to be an offensive stud from a scoring perspective, also shows some distribution ability, also starts to play a little harder and more consistently on defense. And you can talk yourself into a three-guard lineup that won't get absolutely devoured on a night-to-night basis. And you can come up with an idea of, look, Steph Curry comes back late in the season. Over the course of the last 20 games, we find an interesting way to stagger their minutes between D'Lo and Steph so that they're not on the court together more than 15 minutes a game or so. And so that the you overcome some defensive woes and deal with it for a few minutes here and there, but your offense is so explosive it's worth it, 
then maybe you do come back next year and you can keep D'Lo and have it be a situation where sometimes it's a three-guard lineup and sometimes, you know, maybe D'Lo's a supercharged sixth man or what have you for a couple years with the idea of passing the torch from Steph to Russell eventually. It's hard right now to see how that works as a potential title threat in the future unless something happens pretty significantly with the way they play defense. All right, let's get to our call of the game. It's time for the call of the game. Brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile. Russell again will let it roll. Still letting it roll. Clock won't start. He'll pick it up in the backcourt. Cross time. Here comes Chris. There's the screen. Gets a good one. Russell has room. Takes a three. Got it! Just like that, he's got 52, and the Warriors trail by one. All right, make sure you turn in tomorrow right here. That's right, tomorrow here on 95.7 The Game. Warriors this week at 9.30 as Jim Cozumore will join me. If you can correctly identify the call we just played, then you will win $200. Cash money. $200 to Schroeder's Restaurant at 240 Front Street in San Francisco. The call of the game is brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile, the best deal in wireless. I mean, with that, you could take your lady or man out to Schroeder's and act like a big timer. You know, you could buy the most expensive bottle of wine on the menu. All of a sudden, now you're a baller just from listening to the war- to Warriors this week, tomorrow morning. Yeah, and we're going to be talking a lot about this D'Angelo Russell performance and yeah. just where it leaves the Warriors. Look, I think you come into the night thinking, how's it going to look? D'Lo's back. The other players had figured out a way to play and be effective and compete can the two coexist and i think the simple answer to that question is yeah Yeah. they coexisted and And not only that to a point where they could win a game in the final minute and then it's easy to focus on how they blew this on d'angelo's offensive performance and and mistakes late but they were 11 and a half point underdogs here and they forced overtime and lost by what five six six that's better than expectations like the the basketball watching public expected them to lose by 12 so take the positives where you can find them folks all right that's going to do it for us so we are back tomorrow matt kolsky at 3 30 right here on 95 7 the game see if i can sneak home and catch a nap in between but basically i'm right back on with you warriors live at 3 30 tomorrow warriors and the oklahoma city thunder i will be back at 9 a.m less than 12 hour turnaround for jd with jim cozumore uh so make sure you tune into that want to thank uh, alex scott want to thank nash solomon our guy ryan mouser as well uh the butcher shop opens up next oh yeah with covey and shasky 95 7 the game good night